I'm Mike Aparicio. I am a senior UI engineer at Groupon. I work on our product design team. I'm essentially uh, the only engineer in design. And uh, to my knowledge, I'm the only UI engineer at Groupon. And when I say engineer, I uh, imagine me doing air quotes around engineer. My background is primarily uh, kind of a self-trained web guy, you know, like a jack-of-all-trades type deal, and uh, ended up going to Groupon to kind of be in a situation where I was collaborating with people with uh, complementary skills. My old job, I would, you know, mention something about CSS and their eyes would glaze over because they didn't know what I was talking about. So it's nice being in an environment where, like, there's other people with those, you know, skills that I can uh, have a conversation with uh, and learn from. So currently I'm working on our, um, our design system. Prior to that, I had uh, helped build our CSS frameworks that we have for our internal tools, our consumer-facing product, and also our merchant products as well. Let's get right into it, Mike. You mentioned you work on the design system now. What's the most difficult thing that you're facing in relation to design systems? Get it out of your system. (laughs) So for me, it all comes down to communication, right? And kind of the way that I pitch our design system is that it's, uh, it's a common language between design, engineering, and product that describes how we make digital products at Groupon. So it's really not like a, a design solution or a engineering solution. It's like more about people and process and how do we talk to each other. I think there's like this disconnect, right, in a lot of organizations between design and engineering. And a lot of that stems from like we're delivering pictures of websites, right? <laughs> like, And so, you know, I equate it to like it's like a painter. It's like Da Vinci giving the Mona Lisa to a sculptor and saying, here, make me a statue of this, right? And the sculptor is looking at this painting and he's like, okay, well, how big is this supposed to be? You know, what does the back look like? What's all this stuff in the background? I can't sculpt that, you know? And so the the sculptor is left to make kind of these interpretations of, of the painting and the finished product doesn't always end up kind of matching the designer's intent, right? And there's a lot of disconnect there. It sounds like you're talking about it sounds like you're saying there are two different languages that designers and engineers speak, and the design system is, is sort of the bridge between those, or maybe maybe is the the common language. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about what are the languages that designers speak and engineers speak, and what's what's common between them, but also what's different between them. So definitely, there's you know we have different tools that we work in, right? Like uh, our, our design tools, uh, things like Sketch and Figma, were. They're, they're kind of people that were using them to build web products, but they're not necessarily designed to output like web friendly stuff or, you know, we're, we're also designing for multi-platform, right? So n- not only is there this difference between design and engineering, there's also a difference between web and iOS and Android and not just uh, like how we make these things, but what do we call these things? Is this thing a toast? Is this thing a modal? Is this a popover? You know, And so a lot of times we're talking about the same thing, but we're using different words and there's something lost there in the, in the translation, right? But then we're also 
you know, designer might be talking about a font size in points and on web, they're talking about pixels and is that the same thing? And, you know, maybe on uh, Android, they're using like SP, you know, uh, they're using, you know, different, uh, different colors, right? We're using hex values or RGBA or whatever, right? And so things have a tendency to get lost in translation there. Yeah. How do you solve that at Groupon? I mean, is it, is it a matter of one discipline just has to like, you know, roll over and, and do it the way that the other one is? Or is there some compromise or, or it, like, how do you how do you bridge that gap? So we're, we're actually working on that now. That's something we're, we're trying to kind of develop this taxonomy of like, what do we call these things? Really, I think for me, the the big key factor is boiling those all into design tokens. So that's something that I've really advocated for, given a lot of thought to. And so kind of taking those design decisions, you know, separating out the visual style of things, which would be like uh, in web, like all of the CSS properties, right, versus the the actual components themselves, things like buttons and form inputs and things like that, that are, you know, where the HTML and JavaScript would come in, right? Like what what is it and how does it work versus like what does it look like? For some reason, Brad Frost just popped into my head. Uh, <laughs> So atomic design, right? Like every a lot of people are familiar with Brad's atomic design. If you think of a button, you know, as an atom, then these tokens, these visual styles are essentially like subatomic particles. And I think Brad posted something about this, something to that effect. Because every button has all of these visual styles. It has a background color, a text color, a font size, a padding, border radius, things like that. This all combines to make what this button looks like, right? And when we redesign our site, we're not changing like what, markup we're using for a button or how a button works. We're just changing those visual properties. So we can kind of codify all of those in these design tokens, right? These variables that store what all of these values are. And we can kind of control those in one place without having to make a lot of updates uh, on the engineering side, right? We don't have to find every instance of a button in our code base and like manually change like, you know, the background color, right? I'm so glad that you brought up design tokens because they're, they're such a great example of like how you how you have a tool that both disciplines feel ownership over, you know, right. but but still is a way to communicate between the two. You know, when I a lot of times when I talk about design systems, I I talk about design systems are generally for developers, right? If you look at any any uh, design system component detail page, there are words like you know API and booleans and strings right. and stuff like that. And designers are like, oh, I don't know what those are. You know, like and I so, would say yes and no. There's there, okay. so it like there's there's what I describe as like expressions of the design system, right? Like the UI kit is like it's like an expression or like an implementation of the system right, for, for designers to create. And then you have like things like CSS frameworks that are an implementation of that system for the developers, right? And the tokens are kind of like that shared thing that's, that's like the single source of truth, right, that stores all of those things. But yeah, definitely, uh, like that's, the, that's part of the problem, right? Like we have all of these different implementations of the system. And so a lot of the, the challenge comes when those things aren't in sync, like, like the designers are updating the UI kit, but then it doesn't get updated in the framework. And so there's this disconnect there. The developer gets this picture of a website and he sees this new thing in the UI kit, but it's not in the framework. So then he has to make a one-off, right? And maybe that one-off doesn't get put back into this, the UI kit. And so then the next time somebody needs that pattern, 
right? Like they're making a one-off and now you've got like 10 modals on your site, right? <laughs> right. So that's, that's like another part of the communication process is like, how do, we, how do we collaborate in a way where we have this process that we can design a new thing, make sure that it's reflected in the developer's tools so that it gets into production the way we have it, we've designed it originally. Yeah, can, can you think of an example of when that's gone well and when that's gone poorly? Like, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you have tooling? How do you keep tooling in sync? How do you keep assets yeah. in sync? Like, you know, maybe you can share a couple of stories about that if you have some. I, you know, honestly, we haven't really figured it out, right? And particularly uh, having worked across every part of the company, like working on internal tools, working on consumer, working on merchant stuff, it's not connected, right? And so we're, we're solving those problems in different areas of the company and then also within those areas, right? Like everything is so siloed that, you know, without these systems, you have these teams who are essentially trying to solve similar problems, if not the exact same problem, but without communicating with each other. And so you end up with, you know, five teams making five different modals and they're slightly different or not even remotely <laughs> the same, right? And so these systems kind of help get everyone on the same page and, and provide like a consistent look and feel across across the product, right? And then also with the tokens, we can even support, uh, you know, like so Groupon acquired Living Social, right? And so Living Social has like a different color palette, different usage of how they apply those colors to things like uh, pricing and buttons and things like that. And so we can use these tokens to kind of define those things by brand without having to have any, you know, CSS or, or HTML or JavaScript like updated, right? We can just kind of apply those things differently based on the context of the brand. A lot of the stuff that you talked about so far is like uh, the tools themselves serve as a communication vehicle, right? The tokens, the system itself. Are there other things that you all do for communication? Like, is there, you know, a shared Slack channel or an email newsletter yes. or, or like what, <laughs> what kind of stuff do you have like that? Yeah. So we, uh, we actually re relatively recently switched over to Slack from, uh, we were on HipChat before. Not that, you know, Slack provides a great deal of, you know, additional features, but uh, it's been an adjustment, I, I would say, uh, and, and like how people are, are using that and using like the, uh, I don't know, what would you call them, the, uh, like the, the plugins or, uh, you know, stuff like that to, to like automatically post stuff to Slack and things like that. It can be hard, particularly when, you know, again, the, having a bunch of siloed teams, like, I mean, like, so for example, I work on our merchant uh, CSS framework. And we were just talking today about how, like, we don't know who what teams use the framework, right? Like, we built it f with a few teams in mind, but there are other teams that are like, you know, we need CSS, right? Uh, and so, hey, let's use this. And we don't even know. They just, like, they use it like, you know, bootstrap, essentially, but it's more, like, branded to Twitter. And I think that's another area that I could talk f for days about is, like, the... Uh, like how we value people with like HTML and CSS skills, right? Like uh, Chris Coyer has a great article called The Great Divide where he talks about like that uh, the, you have kind of the, f the front end has kind of become a euphemism for JavaScript in a way. Um, and so you have kind of this front end developer who like does all the JavaScript, right? And then you maybe have someone more like me who is maybe less traditionally, you know, more like a self-taught who's more on the C uh, HTML, CSS end, and like, how do you, how do you value those, right? Like, uh, 
at Groupon, it's been challenging because I think we we tend to prioritize hiring for like uh, CS, you know, cons- uh, computer science fundamentals. You know, hey, can you whiteboard this change making problem versus like what's a block element versus an inline element, right? Um, and so. Uh, you know, if, if you're not asking those questions, like you end up with a lot of developers who kind of have the same skill set, and then you don't, you end up with people, you can't vet people for those other skills if you don't have people with those skills, right? And so it kind of perpetuates itself. So I have this whole talk I did equating this, uh, you know, I have a, I have a beef with the term full stack developer, right? I okay, this, yeah. Uh, I have this gif that's like, uh, you know, Dr. Evil doing air quotes, and it says full stack developer. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, if you're a full stack developer, like more power to you. But I, I feel like people are more, it's not a stack, right? It's a spectrum, right? And so, you, you know, while, while you have people who have those skills, like, uh, you know, take Brad, for example, he, he knows a lot of things about a lot of different things, but his uh, kind of area of expertise or the things that he's, he kind of focuses on are design systems or, you know, kind of atomic design, right? Or... You might have um, someone who, who's really a good designer, but they're into, you know, typography is their strong suit or something like that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The, it's interesting that it, it's almost like counterintuitive that full stack developer is being more and more valued, but really a crucial role for design system, especially a, a really good tech agnostic design system is HTML right. and CSS, right? Is like, is right. that being more and more important as we pass through the flavors of the week, whether that's React or Vue or Svelte or, you know, whatever, right, exactly. whatever it it's going it to be is. some new thing, right? In yeah. two years, like, I mean, just, uh, I've been at Groupon now for eight years and we've gone from Rails to, you know, to Node, to Angular, to now we're on like React and then Preact and then two years is going to be something else. And then our design tools as well, right? We're moving from Photoshop to Sketch to Figma to whatever the next thing is. We're still just make, delivering a picture of a website, but you know, right. maybe yeah. we'll get there someday. But yeah. Yeah, I, I equate the whole full stack developer to like, you know, companies are looking for these, they're essentially looking for like the LeBron James of, of web design, right? Who can fill the box score. He, he can score, he can pass, he can rebound, he can play defense. And, you know, that guy is like, uh, or girl is, uh, is working at Facebook or something. They're not, they're not, you know, working for like Joe startup over here, you know? So you, you, you gotta, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to field a team of five LeBrons. You got to get, you know get yourself like a Steve Kerr that just shoots threes, but he's really good at it, right? Or a Dennis Rodman, you know, who he just plays defense and rebounds. And, and, and you kind of have to have this, uh, this synergy, right, of people with complementary skills and not just a bunch of people who can do one thing. Yeah, you know, that's right. Le- okay, LeBron, right. Yeah, LeBron can do it all, but the Lakers are still clamoring for a real point guard, right? Like that's right. right. <laughs> so yeah, I totally, yeah. totally get the analogy and, and see how it fits with design systems. Well, uh, Mike, let's, let's wrap it up. What advice do you have for... Uh, people that are working on design systems that could use some help in communication. Maybe they're just not communicating well. Uh, any tips that you have for where they could start or, or things that they could continue? Really, I, think, I mean, I think just like getting everybody in the same room. Like I, I don't, there's a lot of articles about like selling a design system, right? But I don't, in my experience, like it sells itself. Like the the problems that it solves, like you're not, you, you shouldn't have to, it's like responsive, right? Like you shouldn't have to sell responsive. Just make that the way you do things, right? Make the design system the way you do things. It's it's all about 
what is your process and and getting everyone on the same page. It's not about whether we use Sketch or Figma or whether we're using you know web components versus you know some other thing, right? Really, just like trying to get everybody on the same page, figure out what everybody's kind of pain points are, and looking at how you know various things in a design system can help alleviate that. There you have it. The most difficult thing Mike's up against regarding design systems is communication. Mike, thanks for getting it out of your system, and I'm sure you're not the only one facing this. I'm Dan (laughs) Mall from Super Friendly, and thanks for listening to this episode of Get It Out of Your System.